Welcome to Britpop Banter. I'm Les. And I'm Kevin. So this is episode Star Sailor. Episode Star Sailor. Is that because I didn't write it down? Yep. <laughs> um, you can get us on Twitter and Facebook at Britpop at Britpop at Britpop Banter. Oh dear. Oh dear. Or email us at BritpopBanter at gmail dot com. Um, all views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums nice I will be I really am interested to see whether we will be poking fun at artists today or not because mm. I've we haven't oh what are you talking about we just come off the back of Coldplay <laughs> no I know but this episode because we haven't talked we about haven't how talked. we feel about any of this music we've been very quiet with each other this week so, so. Yeah, so this week's album is Star Sailor Love Is Here, which is such an important album to me, one that I really, really, really love. Oh. Um, and have been quite surprised at the um, positive... I There's a few people I've actually messaged around, oh, because I had said at the end, oh, look, this hasn't got the best press, blah, blah, blah. Um a few people have said, well, I don't remember it that way. I remember it getting great press. I remember it being a great album. Um, And I was like, wow. So I wonder why I'm just focused on... I don't remember the media at that time. I just remember, I don't even know how I got into the album. I just loved it. And I knew a lot of people at the time loved it. I think it's just been one of those bands. And we'll talk about their other albums. So I don't know if it's the band... Or it's this album because of what they released later. Or is it the timing of said band? Because now you've oh. got you've got Coldplay, you've got Athlete, you've got Keane, you've got this uh, wave of Snow Patrol. You've got this wave of these softer sounding bands. Uh, and are they like? Because we'll we'll cover it a bit later on. And some of the same as you. There's some reviews out there that are quite harsh and compare them to other bands but then there's a real sentiment about people who love Star Sailor going why weren't they bigger uh, and we'll cover that a little bit later and I on. can tell you why they weren't oh really yeah but my theory oh okay do, do now later no later all right uh, well done on the intro we got our names right that was tick and then we nothing else not the twitter not the email no, I think not the name of the podcast <laughs> All the key stuff. Uh, so yeah, we haven't really talked uh, this week, so it's all been a bit hush hush. What did you think of the parachutes episode? Um, <laughs> I thought. Well, we didn't hold back. No. No, not at all. And we didn't really have a lot of people that uh, disagreed with our ranking. Yeah. Although we did have one, and I was like, "No, yeah, mate, come on." <laughs> Anyone who Why says all the hate for everyday life? Or, or just put it on. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Ghost Stories is my favourite. Oh, what? what? Anyway. Ghost Stories is my favourite. No, yeah, yeah, that was that was on there. That was on wow. the old Twitter box. Um, it was a good, uh, good, good episode. It was good to talk about Coldplay at least. I mean, I we both agree that the, the front of their career absolutely outshines the the latter part. But I don't think they really give a toss what we think about, let's be honest. I don't know if Chris Martin even listened to it. Would you? We didn't. I meant to ask you this last week. In, in, in the biggest bands in the world, right now, where is Coldplay? Top five? Top ten? 
Oh, I'd say no, top ten. I would say top ten as well. Not top five. Because they You'd have are... to beat some of that teeny bopper crap. Yeah. Okay. But they are mostly individual artists. Like when I think of bands, it's really hard to pick a big band. Yeah. It's a good point because like the people you think of are kind of like solo artists. Mm-hmm. Who are the big bands? Oh God! Who are the young whippersnappers? Who are? What are they listening to? <laughs> On their CD players. <laughs> oh, I cannot bless. I've got to tell the story. So, mum and dad's still here, obviously. Wow. Right? Uh, Any update there? No. Okay. No, none. So, uh, and we'll talk about Australia in a second, right? Because obviously we're still face to face, which is good. So, mum and dad, bless her, can't get home to, to Cyprus. And so, they've, they've got this routine. Anyway, we've had a nice couple of days, last couple of days, 25, 27 degrees. Yeah, lovely. Dad's out the back garden. Uh, it's got his guns out, guns out, top off, uh, and he's got his little uh, iPod shuffle. Like, remember the little iPods? Cute. Yeah. What? Dan, what are you listening to? Uh, I don't know. What's that? What's that guy called? The band? What's the band? My mum goes, "You're listening to Genesis." <laughs> oh, that's right, Genesis. I'm listening to Genesis. Oh, they're quite good. I. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's. Uh, so he's Genesis still... on an iPod shuffle. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just so cute with that. And he sits there for hours just listening to, to music. To Genesis. Yeah, he's a little iPod. Have you got a Spotify? Have you heard of Spotify? Oh, I've got I've got a Spotify. No, I like this. I like this. All right, okay. Just sit there listening Can to music. Can you actually imagine? I was thinking this other day. Spotify, you just... You don't have to carry anything with you. It's just there. I remember when I was backpacking and I had to... Because it's CDs, we, we couldn't take a lot. No. So I would have to, like... Maximum of 15 in one of those little, little folders. Pouches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wears a bit thin. Yeah, it does. It does. I could probably even tell you the same 15, like Lamb was one of them. Oh. Like, a great album, but just. Between Darkness and Wonder, that album? Um, yes. Oh, fantastic. And. Um, and no, and Lamb Lamb. Oh, Lamb Lamb. Yeah. Okay. That's my favourite one. Oh. Lamb Lamb. I don't think that might. Um... But yeah, and so then. No, you never have to worry about that. You never no, you get don't. bored of the same music, do you? No, never. But the problem is, ah, but the problem is, I very rarely now listen to albums over, like go back for multiple listens. Yeah. That's the problem I've got now, is that there's just too much music that you listen to an album, you like an album, and I'm moving on too quickly and I forget all about it. And we will talk about it because Star Sailor is one of them. Like, we just talked about one of their albums, and I went, oh, I forgot how good that was. So, it's we'll true. talk about that a little bit later on. But, uh, I, yeah, it was, it was good, also good to be back face to face. Let's be honest. Yeah, way better. Um, way better. Way better. So, Australia, uh, ScoMo uh, talked about what a three stage uh, restriction lift. Yes. Um, and so, by the end of July, they believe, so there's four weeks at each stage. Uh, an example and there's no timelines yet I think they're just watching how it goes the next couple of weeks but it's like your mass gatherings is going to go up to 10 I think cafes will be able to open yeah uh, still only if they're small yeah yeah exactly exactly stage 2 cinemas is going to so it's gatherings of 100 plus cinemas uh, no stage 3 is gatherings of 100 I thought you are right yeah yeah stage 2 I think it goes up to 20 correct that is right uh, and then interstate travel will be picked up again, which will be good. 
But yeah, so things are actually tracking okay at the moment. I think what people have to be really aware of, and I'm actually scared of it, is that you, there will be more chance. There will be outbreaks. There will. Oh yeah, definitely. And so I don't want. Yeah. I don't know how. I yeah. I think what's got. I think that I'm going to be nervous about it. I don't exactly. think I would be. This is. I uh, thought I'd be like that. Can we just go out now? Let's just do my head. No. I'm quite happy with we bubble safe. Exactly. So this is the problem, right? And this is why people need to ease back into coming into contact with groups of people because fear and anxiety is going to be and and also how you interact with people is is it's all it's all fresh. It's all new again. And I think there'll be incidents where people just don't know how to act. Like, or the oh, yeah. fights break out, or arguments break out, or you're too close to me, or, you know, you should have raised your hand when you coughed. Like, all this stuff, there's going to be this anxiety around people getting yeah. back together again. Like, can you actually imagine being, like, five deep in a bar waiting for a drink now? No. No, I don't want to do that at all. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to do that. You wouldn't even think about it. No. I was watching, um, last night I've had the, the old YouTube on, because I was... So basically, in eight weeks' time, I should have been getting on a flight to Ibiza. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> oh. I had a little bit to drink last night, feeling a little bit sorry for myself. Could have pop on some... Ibiza classics. Yeah, and just put it on the, like, just DJ sets in Ibiza. <laughs> so they had Above and Beyond. Oh, lovely. And then, but then they had another one. It wasn't an Ibiza, but it was like... <laughs> It was just insane, the amount of people there. Oh. And it was an amazing set, and yeah, they had yeah. everything going, yeah, and yeah. people were having the time of their life. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, will that ever happen again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of Because you're like this. Yeah. And think about a dance, like, gigs at the best of time. Sway. People... <laughs> Sway. I mean, it's just body fluids all over the show. Yeah. I always cringe when you're at a festival and you've got some sweaty bloke with his top off next to you. Like, I just don't, mate. Nobody nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. And they certainly won't now. Yeah, good point. Good point. Have you come any closer about where your 40th is going to be? No. In here, probably. Probably. In your bedroom. Yeah. Maybe my little courtyard. I'll put a balloon (laughs) up or something. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. But, yeah. And then I was just watching, like... um, Because the other thing I was going to potentially be doing was going to Tomorrowland. And then I watched that. <laughs> I hundred and sixty thousand people at a festival. No, that's what Tomorrowland is. Oh my god! Get your head around that. That's not happening. No, no. Oof. How do you stand one point five meters apart at a festival? You don't. So we will have to get back to that because, like, life won't. Well, we don't have we'll enough room on the planet for us not to. Yeah, but yeah. I just. Um, I think I saw a survey that, that where it was like. If a festival happened in three months, would you go? And 50, 50% of people went, no, no chance. Like, and it was like, your ultimate lineup festival, would you go in three months? And half of them said no. I wouldn't. So there's still, there's going to be a recovery piece around that. I'd stream it. You would? <laughs> okay. I mean, that From is... From the I... car park in my car. Oh. So ha- I could still see the people having a nice time. <laughs> um, it has been nice seeing everyone do the little bedroom sets. That's nice. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, that is cool. Um... Echo Belly did one uh, last night, a little acoustic Facebook oh, session. They? Yeah, they did. It was nice. Um, so we are going to catch up uh, for a weekly episode this week and next week, and then we're going to go back to the fortnightly because it's a it's a lot of work, and I don't think we can see. I don't think we can commit to weekly for the time being. Um, but we do have a challenge for next week. Did you see the challenge come through? 
So Carl, and it's a it's a smart one. He's he's smart. It's a hidden gems challenge. So it spans from uh, the 2000s that we may have missed. So the rifles, the twang, morning runner, amongst others. And it's not give me a rating out of 10. It's do you want to hear more? Yes or no? So we don't crush someone's feelings. <laughs> it's more... So And, and the, the email has links to all the videos. And basically it's like, do you want to hear more from the band? Yes or no? You, know, you don't look happy about it. Well... I don't know why not giving a rating won't crush him because if I'm just no, 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 <laughs> isn't that worse? I think it's something different. I'm quite excited. And no. they've put all the links in the one email, so you just go click, 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 click. Job done. Done. Easy. Yeah, so people we'll do are that. brave, aren't they? Brave. Coming in again for, for more. Pretty brave. <laughs> um, what have you been watching? Anything good? Um, what have I been. Well, <laughs> no. Uh... I'm looking forward to starting Afterlife 2. Yes, me too. Um, and I, oh, I just finished the last series of Ozark. Is it good? Oh, uh, we, amazing! We gave up halfway through. Well, one of us tapped out halfway through season two, but I want to get back into it. It's amazing. Okay, well. And then, um, can I tell you two things I watched this week? What? It was a leading question. I didn't expect you to. Like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I watched two things. I watched the Spike Jones documentary on the Beastie Boys. Oh yeah. And it's not so much a documentary, it's uh, Ad-Rock and Mike D do a stage show, and obviously MCA has passed away, and so they just talk about the journey they've gone on as a band, and it's fascinating. It's really well done, it's really touching, so if anyone, it's on Apple, Apple TV or yeah. show, whatever it is, it's really, really good, and I watched uh, Diego Maradona, the documentary, have you seen that yet? No, is it good? Oh, it's really good. Uh, he, uh, so it's all about his time in Naples, when he played for Napoli. And uh, just what a boy! Some boy. He took he took Napoli from relegation to champions to European champions in three four seasons. Like he is a magician with the ball, but he's his own worst enemy. I know. So what? Like, yeah, I know. In your opinion, who's the greatest footballer ever? Oh, greatest footballer ever. I'd probably say. Duncan Ferguson? <laughs> no. Uh, it's tough, right? Because it's like this modern football, mm. I think, is messy. Mm-hmm. I think he's got, I think he's better than Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Messi is very similar to Maradona. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, you'd have to put, obviously, you have Pele from Generation, then you've got like Maradona, just this, yeah. We talked about George Best. Was it last week as well? Or the week Do you know before? who could have been if they weren't a moron? Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, I agree. That was real talent. Amazing talent. Not a great work ethic. So that's the thing, right? That's when you know it's talent. Because there's some footballers that just probably train, practice, train, practice, train, practice, get to a certain level. Yeah, yeah. That he could, he, I reckon he could have just gone to the pub. Yeah, yeah. Went to bed, woke up the next day and still put three past you. Yeah, yeah. Like that talent. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Heard a story about Paul Gascoigne once, and um, I think it was Ali McCoy. Ali McCoy had just gone out and brought a brand, brand new car, and so Gaza had gone out and brought two fresh fish, and hidden them in separate parts of the car. And so eventually, like the car stank so bad, oh. took it back to the dealership, got it professionally cleaned, all this sort of stuff. They couldn't find the fish. Eventually, they found one fish, and so thankfully, like imagine the emotion you got. Oh God, thank God I found it. Oh my God, I'm past it. 
And then lo and behold, it starts stinking again because you can't find the other second fish. It's like that's so gas going. So it's so bad. Um, anything else before we get into song of the week? Um, Which is awesome, by the way. Yes, it is. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, song of the week is Cult with No Name. The song is Needle and Thread, taken from their brand new album, Media Barn. London's post-punk electronic balladeers are back, but they never quite went away. The alternative post-punk electronic pop balladeers and Blue Velvet Revisited soundtrack composers released their ninth album, Poof, Media Barn. Guests include Kelly Alley from The Sneaker Pimps, Stephen Brown, Blaine L. Renegar from Tuxedo Moon. Disco Inferno, it may not be, but Cult With No Name, I still invite you to burn, baby, burn. It's really good. It's a really good song. A bit different. Yeah. Uh, but if you like it, go check out the album Media Barn. It's really good. Here is Needle and Thread. So we'll move 
Vibe. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay. I was going more the well, electronic vibe, but it's reminiscent of the XX. Oh, a little bit. Okay. I right, look great song, and it's one of the one of the rare ones is when I go, I really like that. I'll go to the album. Yeah, same. I put that. I'd love to hear more from them. And it's very different. Yeah. To to that as well. It's quite a variety on the album. So anyway, cult with no name. Less says. You're pumped. You are so pumped. It's been so hard. No, I've been, I've been putting my phone up like this. To, to, no. Don't text them. Don't P- text them. Don't Kev. do it. Don't do it. Um, so today we have Ben Watt with Storm Damage and Laura Marling song for our daughter. Um, we'll start with Ben. So Ben is, as we know, um, he has been singer, songwriter, Everything but the girl, DJ, radio presenter, author. Record like this label guy's owner. done tons. Yeah. Um, still lives with his spouse and creative partner Tracy Thorne. I know. This is so beautiful. Um, they met in 1981. Wow. They met when we were one. <laughs> Just get your head around that. I can't. Um, wow. And they married in 2008, and they have twin daughters, Jean and twin Alfie, yeah. and their son Blake, and they're still together. Lovely. I mean, that's an awesome music story. That yeah. never happens. 1981. Yeah, because they've worked together, been in a relationship together, travelled the world probably separately. Yeah. And still together with three kids. That's awesome. And the songs you write, when, when you think about it, even like, if, yeah, I don't know. I just think I read that and I was like, 1981. Wow. Um, this is his fourth solo album. Um, his third album, Fever Dream, has got such strong critical acclaim. Go back and listen to it if you have really? it. Really? Like get... He worked with Bernard Butler on that album. Did he? Yep. And, um, yeah, people were raving about... I've got to listen to it then. ...that album. Um, will we be raving about this one? <laughs> oh, I love these hooks. I love these hooks. <laughs> They're amazing. So let's see if we will. So, Sydney Morning Herald review. No way. That's nice and local, isn't it? <laughs> um, they give it four out of five. Ben Watt is best known as one half of everything but the girl, but he is prolific on his own, enjoying a 14-year stint as an underground house DJ and producer and writing two award-winning books before returning to the folk books. series sound... He wrote books as well? Yes, that's what I'm saying, he's an author. Bloody hell. Folk series sound of his early solo releases. Storm Damage completes a gorgeous trilogy of mature male musings that began with 2014's Hendra and then Fever Dream. Unsurprisingly... The production is top-notch, an innovative blend of classical and contemporary featuring piano, double bass, hybrid acoustic, electronic drums, analogue synths and various snippets from a public sound archive. It makes for a rich tapestry, especially on the album's centrepiece, Irene, where the circular twang of a racophonic guitar 
is joined by gentle keyboards and warm fuzzy pads. Current era Watt, however, is probably most notable for his striking lyrics, where he addresses political implosion, the passage of time and freeing and rebuilding of relationships. Sometimes repeating yourself musically feels disrespectful to the sharpness of your feelings, Watt has said. Thankfully, he's very much in touch with his own. Okay, okay. Um, Music OMH website gave it 4.5 out of 5. Jeez. Yep. The artistic evolution of Ben Watt as a soloist continues apace. With storm damage, he reaches his most personal document yet. Everything but the girl may be no more, but Watt, along with his wife, Tracy Thorne, has, if anything, redoubled his creative work. Both have written frank and revealing books, and both are reaping the benefits of their life experience through intimate solo records. Wow. The... To say life events have been challenging for what in the last 10 years would be an understatement. On the back of a life-threatening illness in the 90s, he recently lost both his brother and sister. The close proximity of those deaths have been compounded by the UK political pot boiler over the last few years, meaning there is a lot to let out in the storm damage songwriting. You should be warned in advance that this album will leave a lump in your throat and probably something in your eye. Yeah, my finger. Um... The prime culprit is Hand, where Watt has a deceptively simple piano line for a companion. I wonder who'll be there when the light starts to fail, he asks. Who will carry my bags when I'm weary and frail? Storm damage may find Watt battered and bruised, but his response is one of recovery, demonstrating the power of music as therapy in the process. His versatility serves him incredibly well once again and ultimately prevents the demons from bringing him down. By laying bare his troubles, Ben Watt has made his finest album yet. Kevin. Yes. Do you agree with such high ratings? No. So, um, so before we get into it, he's a legend. Yeah. Right? Oh. We've seen him DJ. I've listened to his mixes. He's very, very... And we're huge everything but the girl fans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, the guy's a legend. So I was quite excited about this, and you sort of dropped a little bit of a hint that you weren't a big fan of it last week. Uh, so I sort of went, oh. And I actually really liked uh, the first four songs. Mm. The first four songs, the intro catches you off guard. Yes. Because the intro, it doesn't ease you in. It's straight into the song and him singing, and you're like, oh, I'm taken back, because he's not... A str- he's not a singer I was going to ask Thoughts on the vocals They're okay They're passable And at times they're, they're quite nice But he wouldn't You know what I mean It's not It's not what he's known for Not what he's known for He's still okay Right And so Because how many Everything But The Girl songs Did he sing on oh. <laughs> But that's not like So it, it takes you a little bit while To kind of get used to the vocals and, and, and sort of get your head around what you're listening to So you, you're straight in with Balance on a Wire Which is okay Summer Ghosts I really liked yep. I thought that was a really nice song Retreat to Find and Figures in the Landscape But those are the first four songs of the album And then it just it just, it just just disappears for me Do you not like the track Irene? Because I actually do I, do I agree not, with that person I do not like Irene Yeah right Do not like Irene Knife in the Drawer Sunlight that he mentioned uh, uh, Hand Didn't like that Um so basically I've said, look, uh, when you indicated this wasn't great last week, I was sceptical. However, I found myself really liking liking it. The first four tracks are actually really good. There are flaws, uh, flaws though, if you want to find them, like his vocals. or I actually disagree with the, the comment around the production of the album. I actually, when you compare the production of this versus Laura Marling, phew, 
miles apart, miles apart mm. in the quality. Um, so, but after track four, for me, it goes downhill. It gets a little bit boring, a little bit same samey, and it doesn't quite come back. Yeah. So I'm going to say because it's four tracks that I quite like, four out of ten. Oh. But it's to be fair, it's a six, so you got out the so that sounds harsh. Out the, on the five scale, it's not a three out of five because that's a six out of ten, which is an album I would probably go, yeah, good job. I'd probably go back to that. It's not great, but I'd go back to that. For this, I'm saying you've got a couple of good songs that I quite liked, but not for me. Yeah. That's why. So I agree with you, top four tracks. I also do like Irene, though. That's the only difference. Okay, cool. Um, look, yeah, it is well produced and it is like different instruments and the lyrics are quite, they are beautiful and he is a, like he's an incredible songwriter. Right. Incredibly talented person. I still find it massively enjoyable. It's not an easy listen. It doesn't really go anywhere. No. It's not, I don't know what, I don't even know what genre you'd call it. Like, I don't, mm. it was kind of confusing in that way for me. Mm. Um... His voice, yeah, the voice after eight songs, you're just, I can't listen anymore. I do find that, because he's not a bad singer. No. Like, he's not, like, but I don't know, it just doesn't hook me in. Mm. Um, I give it a five out of ten. Okay. It was just a little bit nicer than you, which is weird, but... But you liked one um, more song than me, so that makes true. sense. True, yeah, so. and I always give a point for effort. And I really wanted to like this, because I was like, I really wanted to come in here and say to you, well, you're wrong and have this big debate, but I was like... I just can't... Not, there's nothing in that other half of the album that hooks me. No. Shall we get into Laura Marling? Sure. So, Laura Marling. She is... Uh, about her. I don't know much about her. Solo artist. This is like her sixth or seventh album. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been nominated for Mercury Music Prize Award. She's had a lot of nominations for award. Um, I need you to understand all of that that's happening. She's still only 30. She's only 30? Yeah. Wow. So, like, just incredibly um, talented. Her first couple of albums I really liked, and then I forgot that she was around, but she's obviously released those albums in the middle. Um, She gets lots of critical acclaim. She she appears on a lot of other people's music. Obviously, we spoke about Ed O'Brien. Which was a bit of a waste of talent, to be honest. Yeah, that'd be, that whole album was. But anyway, um, I was dubious about giving you this as homework, but then I thought, nah, tough. So it's called Les Says for a reason. So, um, <laughs> and I just wanted to be, because it's not going to be your normal type of music, but so. you know. Anyway, shall I tell you some reviews? Let's just see if you agree with these. Sure, go so, for it. The Guardian, our friend Alex Petridis. Five out of five. Six out of five. Four out of five. (laughs) Laura Marling has described her seventh solo album as a kind of conceptual work. Song for our daughter, she says, is about trauma and an enduring quest to understand what it is to be a woman in this society. The songs are written to an imaginary child, offering her all the confidences and affirmations I found so difficult to provide myself. Oh, okay. It also turned up months earlier than expected. Scheduled for release in August, the beginning of the annual three-month al- season where albums by major artists traditionally appear, it has been brought forward. In the light of the change to all circumstances, Marling wrote on Instagram, I saw no reason to hold back on something that, at the very least, might entertain and, at its best, might provide some union. Awesome. Well done. Yep. There is no escape from what's going on in the outside world, so to release an album now, an artist would have to be pretty confident 
they'd made something capable of cutting through the constant roar of noise about the terrifying global crisis. Something capable of subverting our natural inclination to react by turning to stuff we already know and love and find comfort in. But a lack of confidence has never been Laura Marling's undoing. As so-called sensitive songwriters go, she always cuts a remarkably robust figure. Um, I have not a fuck to give, she snaps on opener Alexandra, and all the contents of songs for our daughter are distinctively less gooey and self-absorbed than an album offering advice to an imaginary unborn child might be in less assured hands. The effect is heightened by the production. It's a highly polished piece of work, big on rich string arrangements and intricate harmony vocals. There's a particularly striking moment when a swirl of voices, all marlings, multi-tracked to infinity, rises up to underpin the line, I love you goodbye, on the end of the affair. But it's recorded in a way that creates a live feel. The lack of echo given the illusion that Marling and her band are in close proximity to the listener. The effect is impressively punchy on Strange Girl, but on the songs that fill the album's second half, which are largely reliant on vocals and finger-picked guitar, the production conjures a warm, fresh intimacy that feels welcome in a world of Zoom meetings and FaceTime catch-ups. Perhaps now is the perfect moment to release it after all. Okay. NME... Perfect. Five out of five. Yeah. A lifeline for turbulent times. <clears throat> this folk singer's seventh album, a tribute to figurative character, largely issues percussion in favour of piercing words. It's a graceful ode to resilience. We are living, we be told, through uncertain times. Routines have been upended, each day feeling unstable and insecure. Any hint of regularity, crucially that which is enjoyable, has become essential. Enter Laura Marling's seventh album. The release is something of a surprise, a burst of novelty within the new normal. Across ten airtight tracks, meticulously crafted and elegantly delivered, it's an absolute triumph. Oofed. Um, An album stripped of everything that modernity and ownership does to it is essentially a piece of me and I'd like for you to have it, Marling has said in song to my daughter. Album 7 is a piece of a person we are familiar with. It might be less folky than our previous work, which it definitely is, more guided by vital words than percussive rhythm, but it still feels cohesive like a safe haven. This album is a bam, marling a lifeline and a source of stability. We are lucky to have her. Oh, that's nice. So, big reviews there. I'm going first. Okay. This is one of the best albums that I've heard in the last two years. Whoa! <laughs> Jesus! Hands down. Really? Her voice, because bef- I was dubious, because I like some of her, and the, the not-so-folksy. Sometimes it can be a bit too folksy for me, and I'm like, oh. Um, though she has packed so much into ten songs. The lyrics, that the... Th- when you actually sit and listen to them, it's like she's telling a story. It's like she's giving advice. It's like you feel she's talking to you. Like, it's stunning. Her voice is absolutely incredible. You, She reminded me a little bit of Eva Cassidy in terms of, of her voice in this album. I've never thought that before. Um, as a musician, the way that she puts those tracks together, they're beautiful, they're haunting, they're emotional. You want to laugh. It's some of the tracks that put a smile on face, other ones that you want you want to cry. Some of them you just you feel it. And when he said that you feel that you're kind of in close proximity to her, you do. It doesn't feel like an overproduced pamp album. 
when some when it does just feel too much. I agree. These are beautiful stripped back songs, and I will go uh, this album absolutely blew me away. I actually don't know how many times I've listened to this album this Really? Week. It is absolutely incredible. I ask everyone right now, go and do yourself a favour and listen to this album. Whether you think you like folk music, whether you think you like Laura Marling or not, go and listen to this album. She, The maturity in her songwriting and the insight for someone who's just turned 30 and this is her seventh album okay. is a natural talent and, and she deserves... This album deserves to be spoken about. For me, this is 9 out of 10. Hochi mama, 9 out of 10. Is that the highest rating Absolutely, I love it. I was nearly going to do 9.5. I was that close to giving it 10. Jeez. And I can't give it 10 because you know how I feel about that. But I want to because I don't have any fault. There are no songs on... I'm not going to go through the tracks because I would just read out all the songs I like, which is the whole album. Yeah, yeah. But there are ones that stand out for me. But... um, just the different, I don't know. I just think this album is an incredibly wow, beautiful, well constructed, well constructed piece of art, and I it's blown me away. Wow! I want to give it ten. I'm dying to give it ten. Give it ten. But it's that good. See, this is a, is it a five out of five album? Because then, if it is, it's a ten out of ten album. See, that's that's. See, you got. I don't understand this five thing. Again. Oh, it makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, it's got to be at least nine and a half. It's, but it's, you know, I'm just arguing over semantics. See, I'm arguing about what I put. It's weird what you put into that. But if we're doing it based pure, if we're giving it a rating on comparisons of what other tens are, that's hard because I don't know if it would. It's not going to be standing up. Like a definitely maybe, mm. but if I'm giving it personally mm. about trying to find fault with it, and I find fault easy, let's be honest, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm. Like I can't. Mm. Blown away. Wow. All right. Well, I thought it was a pile of crap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably did. Look, uh, so okay. So the elephant in the room is this is not my type of music at all. Um, but that was my point I don't think it has to be for this album however this is lovely she can sing she can really sing beautiful vocals Um, and when I said earlier about the production I think the production on this is beautiful because I was listening to it while I was working and I had my my headphones in and um, you can hear every instrument yes every touch I love it and it feels so Close to and it just it would I'd be typing away ta 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 and then I'd stop and I'd listen to the music and I go it actually and obviously it depends on what you're listening to and how and stuff like that but I was like it felt different uh, to Ben Watt because the music just had a different feel a real feel to it I don't know it just felt different to me um, and I got closer to it um, for me the start of this album it's it's exactly the same as Ben Watt's right which is the first four or five songs are really strong. And then I think it was The Guardian maybe who said the second half relied on her vocals and the Mm. guitar. And that's for me where I drifted away from this album. So, you know, Alexandra, great intro. Great intro. Held Down, amazing. Such a stunning song. Stunning, stunning song. Strange Girl reminds me of uh, Sheryl Crow. Like it's funky. It's it's just, it it made me tap my foot. It was good. Only the Strong is lovely as well. Oh, beautiful. But everything past only the strong is a little bit samey samey because and it's not 
it's still beautiful songs, but it's just a person singing with a guitar. It's always going to feel semi semi, right? I don't know. I think she brings in so many different touches, so many different elements, so many different moods into ten short songs. This album's thirty nine minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't go too quickly, it doesn't feel too long, it feels about right. Um but you're right, I love hearing even because you just know you can actually sense her finger on the Yeah, you can the feel them. You can you, move yeah. Which I actually prefer to the overproduced yeah. music. But yeah. out of ten? Six. Alright. Three out of five. Look, I'm not it's not an album I'm gonna rush back to. Oh, I'm really glad I listened to it because the first half of the album for me is is really, really up there. For me the tail end of it kinda of drifts away a bit for me. Six out of ten. Did you think I'd love it that much? Yeah, it kinda of had you written all over this one. <laughs> I just think it's incredible. It's blown me away this week. But should we play something from it? Oh please. What do you want to play? Um what will we play? Uh Strange Girl. Done. Let's play straight. I really like that. Uh, so, Laura Marling with Strange Girl.
got to you got to think that I would give a six out of ten for that. You wouldn't even think I would come in. Fault lower. Oh, see, okay. No, I don't. I actually, I quite enjoyed it, and it's very nice to sit and, and work to. Yeah. Um, but listen, people go and listen to it. Strange Girl, the track you just heard, is probably the most accessible track poppy. on the album. Yeah. Which is why I, I picked it. But some of the other ones are absolutely stunning. Um. So this week's homework, it's getting quite tough just now because to everybody's comments, the albums that should be coming out are getting held. Right. So this week's homework, which was already planned, isn't now it. Oh. So um, scraping the barrel a wee bit here until next week. Um, oh, that's nice. But, um, what have we got? And I'm not really. So somebody asked me about three weeks ago whether I was going to review this album and this person. And I wasn't going to, because I don't particularly like them as a person, or oh. agree with their politics, and I was like, nah. Really? But now, one, there's not much around. Oh. And then two, I thought, no, no. Be professional. Yeah, let's, but, well, it's not even about being professional, because it's less says I'll choose what I want to listen to. <laughs> but, um, so it's Morrissey. Oh. Can't stand him. Uh, I'm not a dog on, ch- on a chain. Well... Wow. So I thought, no, do you know what? I love the Smiths. I don't like how he's gone so far right now, but I love the Smiths. Love them. Absolutely adore them. So I thought, do you know what? Let's give this a crack. So that's your first one. And then the second album, which is a bit poppy, a bit left field, we've spoken about them before, is LaRue with her new album, Supervision. I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very different. So that's going to be an interesting, so interesting week for oh, that's good. Good yeah. choices. Thanks. I like. I do. I mean, one thing I'll say. I like that you uh, are picking albums of different genres that I would never listen to. I'd never listen to more. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I kind of want to do what I want to so, do is in this section. New releases from people that bands that people know, but obviously British bands and British talent. Mm-hmm. Some of them that like say a porridge radio that we might not have heard of. Yeah. But then let's review the people like Morrissey who we have because let's talk about that as well. And like Laura Marling. Never gonna listen to Laura Marling. Oh my god, I can't actually I'm looking for, I'm excited to listen to it again. That's how it makes me feel. Oh wow, that's great. Like I love it. <laughs> I was laughing and crying at this album. I had my like it sounds so good on proper headphones. And I had them on like yesterday reading my Mal- Malcolm Turnbull biography. Outside. Oh my god! Can't wait to hear what he's got to say about Dutton. I'm excited for that chapter. I that. <laughs> Don't care about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's Malcolm Turnbull for people who don't? So know. he's the ex uh, Prime Minister of Australia before Scomoron. Um, Scomoron ousted him. Yeah. But I'm far pleased that we got Scomoron and not Dutton. Absolutely. Who is just the devil incarnate? <laughs> uh, on to better things. Yes. Uh, this week's album. Oh my god! I don't know how I'm going to hold it together for this. Really? Genuinely, don't know. This it makes you that emotional. This whole there's yeah because you throw I didn't expect Laura Marlin to give me that feeling as well. Oh. So I'm putting myself out here with the high ratings and the high love and the high emotions. This is I'm probably going to have a lie down after this episode. <laughs> completely. Honest. And it's too early for a drink, so I don't know what to do. Is it? Well, when we finish this, it might not be. And I got my whiskey from the whiskey club. So you joined, joined the whiskey, the whiskey club. club. Love a whiskey. This one apparently has honey and butterscotch notes. Peanut Chocolate brittle. and raisin. Chocolate raisin and peanut brittle. Peanut butter brittle. Brilliant. Yeah. Well so I'll tell you if that's the case. You just need, like I said, just keep 
every month get one and then in six months time I'll cover your house and we'll do a little tasting and I'll see if we can actually have that if it th- tastes anything other than just like, it tastes like uh, whiskey and this one tastes <laughs> like um, oh whiskey this one. we actually had we were watching watching this crime drama last night and it was me mum and dad and I'm like I'm going to get a whiskey does anyone else want a whiskey mum's like I'll have one dad goes yeah I'll have one I'm like what everyone it's just I didn't my mum drinking whiskey neat yeah no ice. My dad had ice. I had ice. But neat. Your mum had no ice? No ice. She's alcohol. That's because that's that's she's tough. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> In the slightest. Oh, God. Uh, let's get into Star Sailor Light. Please. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, um, album came out in 2001. Where were you in 2001? I was in Edinburgh. Uh, uni? Yeah. Okay. Last year. And do you want to talk to me about why this is so important to you? So this album has so many memories for me. Last year at uni, um, a lot of people I knew liked this album. Mm. You know, you're younger, you're a student, you're full of hormones. Oh, I don't need to know about you. But do you know hormones. what I mean? You just have all this like, what's life? What's ha- what's ahead of me? Relationships seem more intense. Like everything is intense. I actually miss that. Everything's so. But- <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a bit more stop adult trying to, Stop trying to be all like, you were not philosophical at like 21. There's no, but I was. Far more, you were. Everything was like... Deeper. Yes, now it's just like, oh. Can't be bothered with that. How am I getting, how am I getting towards my house deposit? Have you paid the, the gas bill? Should I nip out to Woolies? Like, there was just, there was <laughs> that sense of, what I don't know, I'm telling you now, looking back on it, it was that sense of wonder, what am I going to do when I finish uni? Okay. Who am I going to fall in love with? Will I fall in love? Oh, What's wow. it going to look like? Will I still see my friends? Should I travel? What, oh, like, the, just the world was so open. Oh. What is wrong with me today? I don't know. <laughs> was this, did you go through puberty when you were 21? No, What's I just went on? through, is... like, I just went through, like, because as well you live in this bubble. Thinking about it reminds me of now when you live in this bubble. I had the I had housemates, um, and they were like your life, and then you had your uni mates, and then you had like so uni, and then I worked in Tesco, and then you looked forty nights out, and you had your friends from back home, as in like forty miles away, but you thought you were miles away, like you really did think yeah, that you yeah. were side the world. Yeah, and then you just had this like everything was like bigger, relationships were bigger, friendships were bigger. Like, ev- oh, I wonder what they mean by that text. I wonder if they like me. Is that what... Like, just insane. And just, <laughs> like... I don't know. Just when I think about it now, when I go like that, when, what you think about, what consumes me now is none of that. Just you're older. And you're not even that much older. It's only 20 years ago, but still. It's that a long... It's like... The same amount of time again... I'm telling you, this album, and it brings... Every time I hear this album, it brings it all back. I remember cold, cold nights in Edinburgh, and we would never be able to afford to put the heating on, just for one hour. <laughs> and it would be like, Ugh. So I'd have a hoodie on, a dressing gown, and I'd be in my room, kind of dimly lit, um, trying to write an essay, but thinking about other things. And this album would be on. i just feeling this, like... I don't know, it just brings, I just, I wow. love it and it puts me wow. there and in this album it's just, yeah. And the lyrics, I can relate to a lot of the songs. 
Like really? when, like I felt like I could have written that, and I used to go, "Wish I'd written that," because that's how I totally feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I listen to it now, and I go, "Jeez, Liz, shake yourself." But, um, <laughs> but it's a different you. It's a different person. We grow up. We go through like we do, and I love that. It's like you, um, like you evolve as a person, right? And so I listen to it now, and it takes me back there, and I laugh at my old self and I go well that was wow that was intense I'd never want to feel that again not too old for that <laughs> not putting myself through that again um, but yeah that album just brings out all of that emotion in me wow. like really really does wow we're going to get deep aren't we yeah. this, this feels like one of those ones alright so what I'm saying this is like what I'm saying to you was this is my athlete this is me putting it all on the line good alright and I could go away wounded, or I can be buoyant. And that will all be down to you, kids. <laughs> so you might want to think about what you're about to say. <laughs> uh, so the album cover is a sort of train tracks. I mean, even that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like the sun setting. Yeah. Those colours. What's that saying? I don't know. It's just. Are you moving towards a new day? Or is that you leaving the day with the sunset and the train tracks? Oh my god, did you really... You took all <laughs> that? That's what I'm saying, that's wow. what I used to be. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand. See? Yeah, I get it, the philosophical meaning behind the... Co- yeah, okay, alright. I mean, and there is that, there is that. So, <laughs> there's people... It, there are people, like, when you look at the YouTube videos, there's people that see a whole different meaning to some of the videos than... What's actually appearing Like I look at it and I go Oh okay that's straightforward But then some of the comments are like Oh no it's the steeper It's light versus dark It's evil versus good And I'm like What are you on? Yeah But it was like So obviously It was from Leslie Leslie Martin <laughs> Yeah <laughs> 611 <or> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah the, the train tracks With Star Sailor uh, Love is here uh, In small black print 8th of October 2001 It's a debut album Silence and Easy uh, followed it in 2003, which went to number two. EMI, producer was Mark Aubrey and Steve Osborne as well as Star Sailor. So he, Mark had done like Kylie, Sugar Babes, Heavy Stereo and Block Party. Steve Osborne's worked with uh, heaps. Suede, AHA, New Order, Elbow, just heaps and heaps and heaps. Uh, the one thing about old uh, Steve Osborne is he's the producer of a whole stack of Perfecto mixes. Yeah, I remember you said like yeah, yeah. everyone wanted the perfect mixes. So he done like U2, Moby, the Rolling Stones, Hurricane Number no. One. He did the mix for them. Duran Duran, the Smashing Pumpkins. So he did a stack of the production on uh, perfecto mixes. Uh, it got to number two, and it's eleven tracks, fifty-seven minutes. I cannot wait to talk to you about the secret track on this. Oh. How long was it in the charts? Seventy-nine weeks. Oh, it's not bad. 47. Not bad. Almost a year. Uh, let's get into the charts then. Top 10 albums of that time. Westlife, Coast to Coast. Oh, my Lord above. <laughs> One of the worst bands have ever graced this earth. <laughs> oh, there was Westlife and Boyzone, weren't there? Dump. Two Irish boy bands. Awful. Uh, Onka's Big Mocha by Top Loader. Go 
Uh, chocolate. No, this is this is just all my stuff. Chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water by uh, Limp Biscuit. Oh God, love that. Music by Madonna. Mm. Music. Mm. Sing when you're winning by Robbie. Oh. Parachutes by Coldplay. Oof. Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem. Westlife. Westlife. Oh wait, they got two albums. They got Coast to Coast by Westlife, and then they got Westlife by Westlife. Oh, what? Oh my God. The greatest hits by Texas. Oofed. <laughs> and then one by Beatles. So that's all our number one hits. Oh, yeah, it? I had that. Did you? Yeah, still do. Okay. Don't care. No. Uh, singles? Eminem, Stan? Oh, yeah. There's one with Dido on it, isn't uh-huh. it? Santos with Camels. <laughs> <laughs> Mystique with Y. Can We Fix It by Bob the Builder. Oh, my God. God Have you seen What they've done To Bob the Builder now Kind of how Bob Builder Was like an animation Yeah Well now it's all It's a cartoon now And It, it doesn't have Neil Morrissey as a voice anymore Like it's just It's not what Bob the Builder was Not what Bob the Builder was It's really sad Kev <sighs> Wow Yeah In a Smile by Texas Oh nice You know that one Yeah Okay uh, Buck Rogers by Feeder Thoughts on Feeder? I don't know. Don't know. I do. No, don't like them. You don't like them? No. I don't think I've given them much time, to be honest. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't a huge fan. I wanted to be, but I wasn't. Okay, I'm sure people are. Uh, The Way You Make Me Feel by Steps. Every Time You Need Me, Fragma, featuring Maria Ruba. And Touch Me by Rui De Silva. What a song! What's that go like? Touch again? me in the morning. Oh, bang on. Last thing at night. Keep my body warm, baby. You know it feels right. Nice. Amazing. Uh, and at number one, Jennifer Lopez with Love Don't Cost a Thing. Because love don't cost a thing. Thinking you're not there, but bad you don't. Think you can't bad you but I won't. Even if you were broke, my love don't cost a thing. How old do you reckon she is now? 83. <laughs> 50? You 50? Yes, yeah, she is. She looks stunning. I saw yeah. her in some movie. And oh, do you like... know what was funny? Uh, you know how she did the Super Bowl thing with Shakira? Did she? Yeah. Okay. So they did this um, dance. And it wasn't that inappropriate. It was just like they were doing, like, they did their own songs. And then eventually they came together. And I was watching ABC News and the lady on it who, like, She's like, I just find it wholly inappropriate. And I was like, it's just J-Lo and Shakira having a dance. This is 2020, get off my TV. <laughs> really annoyed me. Anyway, to be honest, she looked uh, cracking and still can... Yeah, that's what I mean, she looks stunning. Yes. Absolutely stunning. Um, all right, Star Sailor. Formed in Wigan. So what we'll do, I think we do the same as what we did last time, which yep. is we all give a bit of background about the band, and then you... I've done the whole journey again of their albums. Again? I know. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Knocking it out of the park. Hoping for a different result. Ooh. So formed in Wigan in 2000, guitarist and vocalist James Walsh, drummer Ben Byrne, bassist James Stelfox and keyboardist Barry Westhead. The band met while studying music at the Parsons Walk campus of Wigan and Lee College. Uh, bassist Jim Stelfox and drummer Ben Byrne have been playing together in Warrington, Cheshire for a while. And when their regular singer fell ill, they recruited James Walsh from the school choir. 
Were you in the choir? Uh, no. Was there a choir? Do you remember being in the choir? Was there a choir? I think there was. There was a school band. I remember the school band. I mean... It was all prefix. I should have been in the choir, let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, no. I was devastated I didn't get to be a prefect. Were you a prefect? What do you think? <laughs> I was devastated. You know it was peer nominated and then the teachers actually got to pick. Ah. So I got peer nominated yeah, heavily. Yeah, of, yeah. Teachers went, nah, Veal. mate. Nah. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what was your brother? He was. I bet you he was. He was head boy. Head boy. Just chalk and cheese, you two. Ridiculous. Chalk and cheese. <laughs> But I bet he wasn't peer nominated. <laughs> the teachers all wanted yeah, them. That's exactly. what it would have been. Whatever. <laughs> um, so originally they were called Waterface. Jeez. Waterface. That's quite funny. <laughs> That's but quite it's funny. Still. It wouldn't have lasted though. It doesn't have the maturity to last, does it really? Uh, they tried a number of guitars before they asked longtime friend Barry Wested to join in 2000 on keyboards. And James decided to play the guitar himself as they couldn't find anyone else decent. James in an interview with Songwriter Magazine. Well, we all went to college together in Wigan, but I'm a few years younger than the rest of the band. There was an end of term concert and the guy who was meant to be singing, who was in the higher year, fell ill. So my lecturer at the time put me forward. Hmm. That's the first time the rest of the band heard me sing. Then they approached me in the pub afterwards and said, do you want to come to rehearsal so someone's misfortune is my fortune. There's so many stories about that. There's so many. So many stories. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but I sang for the band back in school. Do you remember? What was uh, no. the band called? Mingus's band called again. So I, their singer, um, another bloke called Kevin, pulled out and they did it. And it was between me and a guy called Stuart. And so we went down to the White Horse Inn. Oh, yeah. Which is this, like, dive of a pub. And underneath there was, like, a sort of studio where they rented out. And they were a good band. They did. Yeah, good they were one. a really good band. And so I tried out to sing for them. How'd that go? Well, you know. So it was me versus uh, this other dude. And I sang Champagne Supernova about three or four times. And anyway, at the end, uh, Mingan said to me, like, as I was leaving, he's like, look, all you need to do, mate, is just practice. Practice, practice. Keep singing, singing, singing. All the time you need to sing. So I was like, oh, wow, that sounds really exciting and, you know, promising. And so I went home and I sang and I sang and I sang. Next day at school, I got told they'd pick the other guy. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of my singing career. But Better for everyone. Better for everyone. Better for me, because if I'd probably been in that band, I probably would have stayed in Perth to be oh, part I of. think they that was all done and dusted before you went away I think no they were still they, they were yeah they didn't last long good band though um you, did you you never tried out you did a couple of open mics didn't you yeah didn't no yeah I think they were yeah I didn't even know it was certainly a male band I don't think they wanted a female vocalist oh really I don't think so okay I really wanted to be the lead singer as well. I was devastated. I was really upset. Oh. I was really upset. Well. Anyway. And they played at the school assembly or whatever. I was so pissed off. Do you remember what they played? 
Do you not remember that first? Yeah, they played, what they play? The Man Don't Give Her by the... Uh, Super Furries. Yeah. And then they, know, they dedicated it to a teacher. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sang that. Dedicated it to a teacher. Uh, right, okay, where was I? Uh, so they changed the name to Star Sailor after the 1970 album Star Sailor by Tim Buckley. Comes up a lot, Tim Buckley. James to Digital Trends. It's obviously flattering that our band has become synonymous with the name Walsh admitted and hopefully we're carrying on his legacy by honouring the emotion and soul in his music rather than failing it in some ways. Oh, you can definitely... Emotion and soul in Star Sailor, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, Tim Buckley's a massive hero of mine and his son, Jeff, as well. Um, got a note to talk to you about this. So what was your thoughts on Tim Buckley? Uh, so he died when he was 29. I know. With a heroin overdose, leaving two sons, which was Jeff Buckley, one of which was Jeff Buckley, who also died at 30. Uh, he drowned. He drowned. Yeah. So what was your thoughts on the old Buckley's? I don't know about Tim, but certainly Jeff. Beautiful. 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 Very, very, like a real shame, real waste of a talent. It is, isn't it? Um, and I only, I don't think he released a lot before he died. I don't think there was a huge amount but from what he did do. I mean, everybody knows him for that um, cover of Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is still probably one of the best versions of that, if not the best. Do yep. you think? No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. That's an album that reminds me about um, an old girlfriend. Like, you know how you just have albums that just someone yeah. likes and it just attaches you to that? Yeah. Um, all right, so Enemy saw them really early. One live encounter was enough to convince many skeptics that here was a band that were genuinely, genuinely special, blessed with a singer whose voice thrummed like an emotional telegraph wire that swerved the pitfalls of indie melancholia and we're clearly in love with rock and roll and all its possibilities. Wow. Apparently a lot of companies were after them and it showed because they signed with EMI for their first one. The first single earned, uh, the first single Fever earned them the title of Britain's best new band and their third single Alcoholic gave the group their first UK top 10 hit before their, before their critically acclaimed debut album Love Is Here reached number two in the UK album charts. It's really weird though, like I tried to go back and find reviews for this album and there's not many i don't know whether it was a timing or, or whatever but enemy gave it four out of five that was one of the fans most importantly and a real kick in the head for anti-traditionalists every one of these 11 songs embeds itself in your mind their obvious influences buckley's young morrison the verve mm-hmm. synthesized into something mysteriously moving even at its sturdiest the straight arrow folk fury of misguided flow the plain, plaintive title track, the songs come spiked with that voice. You cannot legislate for the euphoric swoop of lullaby, lullaby and the tough love rawness of talk her down. You cannot smash love is here into its constituent parts because whatever language star sailors speak, they speak it from the heart. That's very true, right? It's very raw. That's beautiful. <laughs> um... So I'm about to hand it to you. They did a UK tour and supported the Mannix before doing an American one supporting Doves. It would have been a great gig for you. It would have been a great gig. Weirdly enough, I can't find any awards for this album, only that Q listed Love Is Here as one of the top 50 albums of 2001 and Enemy rated it as the fifth fifth best album of the year. Um, now, <clears throat> Silence, in Ease, Silence Is Easy uh, came out in 2003. It went to number two. Should we talk about Phil Spector for a second? Oh no. Oh no. Controversial. 
So I don't know, but some people are obviously going to know this, some people are not, but I was like, now normally I don't go into this much detail with the follow-up albums, but because of the story behind this, I think it's fairly interesting, right? So Phil Spector, um, he, the last album he worked on, you don't want to talk about this? I do, I just, this is, it's just crazy, the story's crazy. Okay, cool. So I'm going to be on the line here, right? So, uh, so Phil Spector, the last album he did was the 1988 uh, album by the Ramones called End of the Century, right? So imagine that, like massive gap between that and Star Sailor. So, and so different. So different. So his daughter, so Phil Spector's daughter came up after the gig, uh, a Star Sailor gig, right? So um, they were interviewed by a website called flaresandseagulls.com, right? With Star Sailor, you've worked with uh, Phil Spector and Ronnie Wood. How did that all come about? I heard you had to sack Phil Spector. Phil Spector, his daughter, was a big fan of the band, so that was a connection. The initial sessions were brilliant, really good. We did Silences Easy and White Dove. It was hard to communicate with him and work with him, and it was really sad to see. Everyone around us was baffled by the recordings that were coming out and saying, this isn't working, we should find someone out. We actually persevered with Phil Spector for a long time because I knew him and regarded him as such an amazing producer. I thought he must be able to pull it together at some point. He must have some tricks up his sleeve. However, the longer it went on, the longer I realised that no, this was just a a mess. Uh, So that was a right call because in the same year, actress Lana Clarkson was killed in Spector's mansion. So he claimed it was an accidental suicide because she had kissed the gun. Uh, A mistrial happened in 2007. However, Phil was found guilty of the murder in the second degree and sentenced to 19 years in prison. So, Phil, if you don't know who Phil is, right? So he was the guy who produced Let It Be by the Beatles. I know. He co-produced Imagine by John Lennon and Death of a Ladies Man by Leonard Cohen. That's how big this guy was, right? So you can imagine Star Sailor, like, jumping at the chance to work with this guy. And then, obviously, they had some unusual sessions. And then this happens in the same year that your album's going to come out. Like... So this is from The Guardian. I was going to say dodged a bullet, but it's probably not um, the right thing to say. No. Said it now, though. Too late now. It's gone. Uh, So they said that they had an interview with The Guardian in the same year. On February the 3rd, their ideal was again sent spinning when the news broke that Spectre had been arrested. Star Sailor's initial reaction was one of shock, sadness for the victim, Nicole Inspector himself, who had claimed the gun had went off by accident. If he's innocent, it's an incredibly traumatic experience for a 62-year-old man to go through size Walsh quietly. Seeing his sad face in that horrible picture where he's getting taken into the police car with handcuffs on, his head was bowed. It wasn't nice seeing him like that. They finished the album with engineer Danton Supple, where John Leckie produces one track, and an orchestra at least partly in the style of their mentor. Walsh admits Spectre of Spectre haunts the song's moods, even on the tracks when he wasn't there. There are defiantly no regrets. We've got two tracks out of Phil Spector, who, who's, which is more than anyone else has managed in 23 years, states Cell Fox philosophically. What a privilege. He drains his glass. Although next time I think we'll produce it in ourselves. Uh, what did you think of the album? The follow-up? So, disappointing. Ooh. Very, actually very. So, I was trying to find some reviews for all their albums as well, so pretty similar like, to what I was doing with Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pitchfork gave Love Is Here 5.7. Uh-huh. I won't say what I'd give it yet, 
Um, and then Silence is Easy, they gave it 4.9. Jesus. Um, you've mentioned the fact that it got to number two in the UK charts. I think that is basically, you know how my second album theory? Second follow-up, yeah. It's that all over. Because when we go through the rest, it doesn't play out that way. Um, they released three singles from Silence is, is Easy, which was Silence is Easy, Born Again and Four to the Floor. Oh, um man. They talk a little bit about the Thin Duke remix. They said they really wanted to have a track that was just going to fill dance floors for like years to come, which it did. It's a cracking remix. Um, probably one of the best remixes of an indie song ever. I would put that up there. Absolutely agree with you. Because it really works. Absolutely agree with um, you. Interestingly for me, the songs they've picked as singles, apart from like Born Again, I went released as a single. Oh, okay. And those three, Four to the Floor is great, but there are two other cracking songs on that album. So, um, uh, Fidelity and Shark Food, they're great songs. Okay. That's, that's as close as they get to the Star Sailor of Love Is Here. The sound is so different. Mm. The, the album is so different. Love Is Here is so raw. Like, mm. so raw. Like, it's going to really alienate some people because of that, and I get that. Silence and e- is Easy is far more accessible. Correct. It's a bit of an easier listen. Yeah. Um, but there are no... Moments mm-hmm. like there are in Love Is Here. It was a real disappointment for me. Oh wow! Um, and it came like two years later. Um, Maybe you had changed two years later, and you weren't that deep thinker that you were anymore. No, I don't think I was a deep thinker then. I'm just. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. You've got me wrong. What I'm saying is that it's not till you're older do you realise what you're going through when you're younger. Right. Is what I'm saying. It's not like I was actually deliberately trying to think that way. It's just the way that life is when you're twenty. Because everything is so different and you're wondering what your future's going to be and it's all that. So when you're older, you look back on it and you go, (laughs) wow, there's actually a lot to deal with. Like, because you're far more securing yourself when you're coming up to 40 than you are at 20. Of course. You don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to graduate? What job am I going to get? Like, all of those things. I think this album highlights all of those decisions for me. Relationships are a lot more intense because you're like, I don't know. It's just I what you don't. Do, I wasn't sitting deliberately trying to be a philosopher. It was, it was just the amount of stuff going on. Yeah, got it. Um, I digress. Yes. So, anyways, but that's so silence as easy for me was a real disappointment. I would give that six and a half out of ten tops, and that's me being generous. Okay. Um, then we had two years later, seventeenth of October two thousand and five. We had on the outside. Um, it got to number thirteen. Um, in the UK album charts They released three singles from that In the crossfire This time Keep Us Together This album was even more disappointing Oh so god It's easy for really? me Pitchfork gave it 4.7 I'd give it a 5.5 6 out of 10 I reckon there's only two good songs in that album Oh my god Okay this is the thing This is Not only two good songs There are a lot of The, the albums are good And they're easy to listen to And they've got good songs But they never ever reach the height of love is here and they've moved so far away from that I'd love to know why they did that is it because it's more accessible but then I'm like what is it because love is here did well what's it what does it sound like it just sounds more generic indie ah right okay sounds more like any of the others it sounds like snow patrol it sounds like athlete it just sounds they had their distinctive sound I thought in love is here his voice is distinctive oh yeah their music was distinctive now it's just more of like the same um, so I wasn't a fan of that one Then there was a bit of a gap About four years 
and then they released All the Plans. That was released on the 16th of October 2009. It got to 26 in mm-hmm. the UK album chart. They had only two singles from that, Tell Me It's Not Over and All the Plans. Okay. Tell Me It's Not Over is the only song I'd even recognise from that album. I paid it no attention. Really? Yep. Um, there was no review for that from Pitchfork. Hardly any reviews from anywhere. Um, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. So this is All the Plans, right? Yeah. Guardian. Tell Me It's Not Over is a good song. And that's it. Guardian gave 4 out of 5 I to don't this. get that. They gave 4 out of 5. They, um, let's see... Uh, writing about love's loss and lessons learned seems to have given singer-songwriter James Walsh real drive and focus and Ronnie Wood guests to provide an unlikely but perfectly suited faces style guitar. The songs have hooks big enough to land fish on, even the requiem for a tragic teenage star, uh, you never get what you deserve, and the pop and the pop at imperialist America, Stars and Stripes, with no one expecting it but themselves, star sailors have delivered it. Nah. <laughs> nah. Okay. And I don't know if it's because I always wanted them to produce another album like Love Is Here. Got it. Okay. But then they do. Okay. In All This Life. So that was, we reviewed that. That got released 1st September 2017. It got to number 23. They released singles, Listen To Your Heart, great song, All This Life, which is the title track, and Take A Little Time. We rated this album high. I'm sure I gave it 8 out of 10 then. We both did. Um, And... I listened to it again for this exercise. Solid album. So good. It's as close as Love Is Here. It's not as probably deep or dark, but it goes back to that real solid songwriting with like Sunday Best is probably as oh, close as Love Is Here as you're going to so get. So good. That that wouldn't that song wouldn't have appeared out of place on that album. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's what Star Sailor do well. This other generic stuff in the middle. You're just the same as everybody else. I don't know why they moved away from that. I don't know if it was a record company thing. I don't know if it was the sound. But, yeah, they just never really... And I bought all their albums hoping that it would just come good. Mm-hmm. It did with All This Life. It'd be interesting to see what happens next. Like, if they do release another album, what that sounds like. I can help you. I can help you ah. there. So, uh, in 2009, so skip back. Um, so, after the last... Well, not this version of Star Sailor, but the last version. Uh, 2009, James started doing solo albums. So he's done... uh, So James Walsh did his first solo album, which was called Lullaby, which is not on Spotify for us. I tried. Uh, And he's done two more. He's done Turning Point, and he's just done Tiger uh, on the Bridge. Now, Tiger on the Bridge, phenomenal in terms of how he's done this, right? Now, I haven't had a chance to go through his solo career. But what he's done is, uh, so at the Rack Studios in London, he recorded the album live. So there's pictures, and it's on his his website, which we'll talk to later on. But he invited a whole bunch of fans to come into the studio. So he's on one side, and he'll record the the album bit by bit by bit, and you get to watch a live recording of the album. Yeah, right, awesome. How good is that? that? That's, I thought, that's really unique. And I think to be there... Would have been awesome. Would have been special. And he there was even a successful uh, marriage provo- proposal during the recording. Oh, lovely. That's pretty special. So uh, he did uh, Lullaby in 2009. Uh, he did a song with Mel C in 2012, <sighs> which I flipping had to listen to, which I haven't, I haven't done. Turning Point 2014, Tiger on the Bridge in 2019. And then that's when they got back together in 2017. Uh, to do all this life. Now, you sort of talked about how good 
that album is mm-hmm. that album is brilliant if you like Star Sailor and you have not listened to All This Life you need to go and listen to it 100% because it is, it is I think it just went by the wayside didn't get much attention this is a great album it's a great album um, so 2017 interview on Britpop what was it like entering the indie scene post Britpop did it feel like an uphill ha- task or did those bands really help pave the way for what followed James I think they paved the way before that dance music was the big thick, big thing when I grew up everyone wanted to be a DJ then all of a sudden people wanted a guitar again when Oasis Blur etc came along like most 14 year old I was a little bit too inspired at first but once we added the Jeff Buckley uninspired Jeff Buckley, Neil Young and Free Influence, we started to create something new. They just were covered on um, Tim's listening party. I know, so... Yeah, so we'll talk about that a little bit. One of the funniest things, so uh, Tim basically said, uh, what did he say? Walsh's mate is like a mate you haven't seen in a while, but it's always good when you meet up. It's a fine sound to spend time with, which is high praise from Tim, right? So I'm playing... Uh, working, playing a bit of Star Sailor, right? I'd literally just typed that sentence into this document. Playing Star Sailor. My wife comes in and she goes, what are you listening to? So we're playing this album. And I'm like, oh, Star Sailor, why? She's like, ah, sounds like someone's hurt their toe. Has he hurt his toe? <laughs> oh, God. And so that's the on joke in the house when Star Sailor comes on. She'll come over and she'll show me her toe going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so very you, look the one thing he's got a very unique distinctive voice yeah, it's beautiful um, should we get into the tracks then yep you got anything else you want to talk about oh uh, just the so I saw them live at Perth City Hall did you that would be beautiful it really was when I saw them like oh around about would have been then the, the release of this 2001 I think oh it was when they released lovely. this um, it was 10 quid a ticket I remember it 10 like, quid 10 pound a ticket Per City Hall Amazing Such a Intimate Yeah yeah And I just was blown away Crying Oh god Whole thing It was just so beautiful to see Like such a beautiful And they played all that Oh that's nice And it was just amazing I saw them live um, I'm sure it was at Tina Park Or it was some festival And they were good there But that Per City Hall one it's... Incredible Lovely um, yeah, really special. This whole album is like it's, um, yeah, it's just that takes you right back to that. I, I just I would dread to think how many times I've played this album. Really? Like genuinely, I just dread to think. Okay. What do you think? I tie up my hands. The intro. I love it. Is this what it's going to be? The <laughs> I love it. No, no, no. There's probably, um, well, yeah, pretty much, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tie up my hands is when you knew you were in for something different. Yeah, okay. Because it's not, you know how I talk about a punch in the face. Yeah. It's not that, but it's the the first two guitar twangs of tie up your hands is, is, you know how like Tim said, it's like you're meeting an old friend. Yeah. That's what it felt like when I put this on. And I went, oh my God, I know this so well. Like I know this album so well. And I went, you're back. Oh, that's That's nice. what that made me feel, that song. When can you, I can you play this on the guitar? No, but I should probably try. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's a beautiful start. Oh. It really is. 
Uh, and like you said, the sound is really good because you can just hear every of the guitar. Lovely. Um, I like this. Uh, Bell 1313. The song is so beautiful. The words and music work so well together to show the pain that he feels. I think that everyone feels torn between their love and their life at one time or not. And this thing is about that very division. Uh, so on the Twitter, he said, Things were kicking off for the band when I wrote the lyrics for Tie Up My Hands. Definitely couldn't have drawn the men who ran the company ran your life from my Chorley youth. Uh, it's a great start to the album. Stunning. Playing it? Yeah. But it's not your choice? No. Okay, let's play a bit That was such a hard thing. I'm with you on this because I've changed numerous times this morning as well. So let's play a bit of Tie Up My Hands, the intro. Misguided Fool. This is the weakest song on the album. Ooh! I am not with you, but I see where you're going. I like it. It's the weakest song. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I still want you to play. I still think it's great. But it's the weakest. Okay. It doesn't... It's the one that stands out. Oh, really? Yeah, it does. It's funny you mention that. So I... um, Because this is our last single. So they released five singles from this album, right? No, a bit much, yeah. bit much. Then it's March 2002. Got to number 23... The videos, like this is this is twenty years we're talking about, right? And I was watching the videos, and the videos look really good, like high def. You know, there's good looking CGI in some of the videos. Like it looks actually really, really good. So they're in this like church like room, and then it's just them, and then it fills up with fans, and it's quite it's quite nice. But I said the same to you. I said, okay, not bad. Doesn't have the same impact to me as the intro, but it does pave the way into alcoholic. Like, it's a nice little... Yeah, it does. It kind of breaks it up, because you are about to... It, it does get quite deep, and that track does. And they do that quite well. They do break it up. I actually think their track placement's spot on, because if you had a lot... And we could talk about that at the end, but I think if you had a lot of them all together, mm-hmm. it could be like, mm-hmm. oh... Um, so there is, I actually think they've done a really good job at the track placement. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, because every time there are, there's... I think there's two lulls for me in this album... And they're not skippers, but they're lows. And then the very next song is one that I go, bang, I'm, back, I'm back in, I'm back in. I agree. Um, so James said, Poor Misguided Fool was a bit of a ripoff to the coke-addled A&R men from an angry young man with a fragile ego. <laughs> I'm much less judgmental now, and they were mostly just doing their job, to be fair. So let's play a little bit of... Uh, Before you do that, go on, am I... What's the song ratio? What do you mean? Of playing. Do I have to not 
can I have them all or not? Because if I can, I need to be selective. Okay, well, you're not going to get them all. So I can't have them all? No, you can't well, have them all. Well, I don't all. want you to play this then. This is the one? Yeah, I don't want you to play this. How, right. many am I, how many am I allowed? Usually it's about two, two skippers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, you pick this the, and I'll the, pick the other one. I'll make it easy for depends. you. Depends. Because right. it could be the best song So let's, let's not play that then. Yes. Okay? All right, good. Just have to check. But it's not a bad song. No, no, no. But I'm just... And actually, I changed my opinion on the way here. I had this as a do not play. And then I actually went, actually, that's not a bad song. This is my do not play then. So if we've got to get rid of two... Alcoholic. So, this... over It's one of those overplayed ones. Um, this... Can I just explain? This, this story will epitomise what this album... Is about to me and about what you were talking about about the thinking and stuff. I used to play this album to death, and I was at uni, and one of the girls that I lived with was not. I mean, our music taste was pretty appalling. It was like Westlife and whatever, and she was always like, "What is that you're playing?" And I was like, "You have just this beautiful. Listen to the lyrics. It's amazing." So I remember being like, "I don't know, two liters of white lightning in." <laughs> Um, because that's all we could afford and put this song on and I remember us debating it drunkenly but like I was passionate about it and then talking about she's like well is it just about an alcoholic and I went I think it's deeper than that I think it's symbolism for the fact that there's an addiction and I don't know what the addiction is is it that or is it them and like we had this full on argument and I tried to find out if it was because it's a quite blatant song if it was or if it's not and I remember at the time loads of people were talking about it it's not about that it's not not what it's about it's about this and it was just that's what that album did for me so I do I would want to play this song for that story and for that reason because I that night in my front room in my student house is as clear as day. Like, drinking the cider, talking about this, trying to get someone who does no music taste into this and just feel the depth, feel the depth of that emotion. <laughs> like, you're not going to get that from Flying Without Wings by Westlife. <laughs> um, and it was just one, It was. I remember that as clear as day. So I would want it played for that, not the strongest song on the album, Used to love it. I think it was that that got me into this album, actually, when I first heard that. But it has been quite overplayed, and it's probably the most clichéd of them all. Mm. Third single, 29th of September 2001. Got to number 10. Video's pretty good. I think it's like James is singing at the camera, but you've got the camera as the... Like, the camera is the drunk person, because it sort of sways and falls over a bit during the video. It's actually pretty decent, where the band are playing in the house. Um... On the YouTube, the number one comment is from S. Greer, a hugely underrated band. Their first album is one of the greatest of the last 20 years, but criminally never figures in any top list. Agreed. Agreed. And you, like I said, I talked about it earlier. Like when you go through the YouTube, a lot of the comments is like, why wasn't this band bigger? And, you know. Because of their follow up. Because they didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't back it up. Oasis backed it up with What's the Story, Morning Glory. Yeah. Like, bands back it up with their second album. Maybe it's not always as good as their first, but they back it up enough to keep attention. Mm. What they did was, they wrote 11 stunningly beautiful, unusual songs at times, right? That have clearly resonated with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And they backed it up with an album two years later that had none of that depth. Mm -hmm. None of it. Mm -hmm. There's two tracks on that album that gets even close, like I talked about. Um, Fidelity, uh, Shark Food... 
but they just never get back there. It takes it's taken up to 2017 to remotely get close. Mm. Okay, that's for me why. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I same as you. It's funny. Like it's a great song. It's great writing. His voice is stunning. Um, does get a little bit too much. Some of the instruments I found them all competing with each other, but then when it strips back to just the piano, it's just stunning. Um, I had the same feeling as as you around this song. I thought, oh man, I can't wait to hear this song again. And I heard that and I went, oh, okay. Didn't have the same feeling. It's still a beautiful song. Yep. But there are other songs in this album that I like better than Oh, same. So, but we will play Alcoholic. Yep. Absolutely. Alcoholic. I disagree. I I like this song better than Alcoholic. Nah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Again, not a bad song, but you're not going to let me play them all. So this would be it's up to you, but this would have been my second. No, thank you. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Oh no, it's a toss up between that and another. But um, let me check my note. What's the other? Seven. Let's leave it to that one then. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're aligned. Uh, so I, I actually really like Willow But I would say it's probably my second choice As my What would be my choice Really? To so Not even really, close Really? Again this is the thing right You've just got to get into your brain here There are no bad songs on this album But there are such amazing songs That it's you got to judge it on that This again Is the great track placement Because you need that after you've come out of Alcoholic mm-hmm. Yep Because you're about to go like he's teased, you would tie up my hands, and then you go, "Oh, put my skin in that's okay." Alcoholic, oofed. Yeah. And then lullaby, lovely. Right. And then you go, "Oh, here we go." It's like a roller coaster. Yeah, it is. It really, really but it's is. It's done really well. Um, so uh, he said, "I started lullaby in my bedroom at home in Chorley from an uncut magazine headline called The Quiet American, and finished it with the lads at our lockup in Warrington." Um, I like this better than alcoholic. This is this is where the Star, Star Sailor philosophical stuff comes from. So the video looks really simple. It's at, they're in a studio. James walks out and it's all dark. And he's walking down the street singing at the camera. It's all dark. And like the, the, the Wikipedia page is like, oh, this is a classic battle between light and dark and evil. And, and I'm like, he's just is walking it? down the street, mate. He's just walking down the street singing. And I'm, but I just think maybe you wrote that when you were 21... Couple of ciders in. Couple of ciders in. Oh yeah, fucking definitely. I never thought that. (laughs) Um, But I do really like Lullaby. Let's play it. Stop twisting my words tonight. 
Way to fall. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I've got something in my throat. It's feel to be alone. Oh, oh my God, it, bl- it blows your way, this song. Yeah. You don't think it's going... You don't think it's... You don't think the song's going to take you where it's going to take you. Because mm-hmm. it just starts off... Slow. Mm-hmm. Starts off nice. Mm-hmm. And then... It's gorgeous. Just kicks you in the guts. <laughs> so this is gorgeous. Do you know where the song is from? No. It's from Metal Gear Solid 3. It's the end when the credits roll. That's the track that gets played. Is it really? So when you go look at the YouTube comments, it's all about, oh, this Metal Gear Solid brought me here. Like, I cried when the credits rolled. And all this. Like, people are really... Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid? No. Neither die. I don't like war games. No war games. None at all. Call of Duty does my nut. Battlefield. Nah. Killing people. In a war. I don't mind doing it if it's for like a prize. That's ironic because a you're zombie. a snapping bam when it comes to FIFA. Yeah, that's fine. Take my legs out from under me. But you don't die. It's not a war. In my career. Um, no, I don't really... I've tried to like Call of Duty. I'd buy one. What one did I buy? And then it was just like... But then you got to find the thing and grenade and it blows up your leg anyway and you're like, don't care. <laughs> um, I think, same as you, it, it is gorgeous. Um, so one of the things, Invisible Touch, I actually cried because of this song at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. It's really powerful. So powerful. Um, so I think the lyrics of Way to Fall are about the risk you take when you go into anything absolutely wholeheartedly. Yes. But it's the only way to sometimes. It's exactly how I used to think about this song. <laughs> and that's how I used to make you feel like you've got a way to fall, that like you will fall, there's going to be a way, you're going to have to. And that was scary because you're young and yeah. you're like, going to have to take chances. I just can't be bouncing about being happy les all the time. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get your heart broken. You're going to put yourself out there. You're not going to get that job. What if nobody loves you? What if that happens? Oh, oh God! The amount of existential thinking yes. that's gone into this. Yes. Wow. Shall we uh, play with folks? Yes. A hug there, but can't do it. Can't do it. Still not hugging. Still not hugging. It's gonna feel weird when you, if you give you like your first hug. Like when's it's gonna be weird. Like someone what, is that you stage one seen... was it stage two? Is it stage three? Yeah, someone needs to tell me when I can hug someone. Mm. Fever. You gotta help me here, right? Because this is a this one or another song are the toss ups of what to play. I think I'm gonna go with my original choice. Just ignore me. This song is at. Absolutely 
incredible. Got to be their second best song on the album. Third best, maybe, but it's like. So, would you say this would be your second choice? Yes. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll do you a solid, right? This was my second choice as well. And given that it's both. Uh, sorry, it's my third choice, but you're not a massive fan of Lullaby. But I will play this. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of this song? I love it. I think it's absolutely oh. good. I like the more upbeat Star Sailor songs. Um, people people sometimes, I've read a couple of comments having a go about his voice. His voice is stunning. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, like, it would be an acquired taste, I get that. There yeah, are obviously lot... my wife is not one of those no. said fans. And it would be an acquired taste, but I do think that... Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When you think about vocalists, the ones where I go, his voice really ruins it for me. If you didn't like his voice, you couldn't listen to Star Sailor. It's not one of those ones. Like, we're talking about Ben Watt. He's not... It's a generic voice, so it doesn't really... It doesn't enhance your enjoyment of the album, but it doesn't take you away from it. Mm-hmm. His voice is actually what enhances my enjoyment of this of course. album. But if you were like... Oh, it's too much. Then you couldn't You're listen done. to it. Yeah. yeah, you are done. Um, so this was their first single. went to number 18. There isn't... I couldn't find out a video for this. But let's play the whole of FIBA, right? Oh my god, it's amazing. There's a Thank you. 
Seven, she just wept. This is my wee lull. I agree. It's a bit dull. Yeah. It's it doesn't not... have any of the hooks or any no. emotion or any of the pull or no. even the upbeat ones. It doesn't have any... Because the upbeat ones have got really good hooks. Like, they stick in your head. I'm mm. singing lullaby in, my, lullaby in my head now because it does do that. <laughs> this doesn't... This is a song on the album you forget is even on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um... It's funny because in the in the Tim's listening party, James said, I like the way it just builds. Lovely big simple drumming from Ben and some opened up piano strings and strums. Growing organ, go on bars. For me, this doesn't build. I don't think it does. I don't, I don't think it builds at all. No, I don't think it builds. So for me, I agree with you. Skip, skip. Skip, skip. Talk her down. This is a great song. It's a great song. When I love the honky tonk kind of piano, like the cowboy western feel to it. Oh, this is great. Uh, James said, I used to go to the World Nightclub in Warrington all the time, but didn't have much luck with women. I think one said more than two words to me that night, so I went home and wrote this for them. <laughs> uh, I think this is a great song. Got anything to add? No, just. Just play it. Oh, God. Talk her down. This is a little bit much for me. <laughs> your pick then yeah love <laughs> love is here I just want to I'm just going to read out the lyrics okay if you could see the lover in me and we could join our hands together if you could see how good it could be and we could see sing these stupid songs forever Can't love what you have not, so hold on to what you've got. (sighs) (laughs) And the piano, and it's if you can see the lover in me. (laughs) Oh my god! This is this is this is such an incredibly beautiful song. Wow. I hear it. Do you really? No, don't, of course not. I don't think so. it's all right. Can you feel that love is here? It's never been so clear. I was hoping that would happen to me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. And then he stops and then it's like that. If you could see the aching in me. Oh, God. Then it said, I'd change my name in case you lost me. <laughs> oh. 
Ah, oh. didn't Westlife write that lyric? Sure. Uh, love is here is another call to arms to the unlucky in love and romance to remember the good in your life when the things I'm aren't going teary. all to plant. You are getting teary. Oh, you are getting teary. <laughs> no, don't look at me. <laughs> oh God. Shall we play this lovely song that all moves of it. you? All right. Well, let's... have we had you cry on the show yet? I don't think so. Oh wow! Told All right. you it would be this one. It is. It is. All right. Well, let's play "Love Is Here," the song that moved Leslie to tears.
<laughs> you're better. All right. I don't think I've seen you. No, I think that's the first time I've seen you lose it. That's amazing. lovely, though. That's beautiful. That's really nice. Good souls. Great song. Great song. And you need it. Oh, you do. You do. You definitely need it. This is why I think we talk. We don't talk about it. Well, we do sometimes about the track placements. Mm-hmm. For me, in this album, there is. You know, usually they start off. There's a couple of songs built together. There's a couple of songs built together, or you always get the first four songs of that album are great, and then you lost me. Or the back end of the album is never as good as the beginning. Not doesn't happen in this one. Yep. It's an absolutely equal mix for me. Yeah. They've done that really well. Yeah, they have. Because they could have put Love Is Here, all of the songs, right up at the... Um, you know, they could have been pretty top-heavy, but they didn't. They spread them out really well. And then you come out of Love Is Here, like you're melting in the corner, <laughs> and then it's Good Souls. Yeah! Yeah! And you're like... <laughs> and you're like, yeah, happy again. That's lovely. So it's the second single, came out in 2001 in May. And I have no video for it. I've put fantastic song here. It's just an absolute belter. Belter. It's a belter. Um, he, wrote, he wrote on Twitter, Good Souls is the oldest song in here in terms of when it was written. I was enthralled to the charlatans in Primal Screen, which I still am, and wanted something in our set that had the energy. Still proud of how it's held up and all the sentiment. Oh, that is nice. Uh, this was going to be my pick. This was going to be my pick. Fever's better. Fever's but... better. But um, well, let's play a bit of Good Souls because it is a great song. Talk about coming down. Oh my god, amazing! What? The lyrics to this. Talk, Must talk I about... always take a backseat? Must I always be your clown? Did you ever really love me? Were you always coming down? Oh, all right. But I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, see your eyes, see your face, see your eyes. Shouldn't have left. Shouldn't have lied. I'm sober. Spirits died. Oh, wow. If you don't mind... And that's how it starts. If you don't mind, could we not fight? I see your clothes, woman, in the night. I'm sober, still alive. You waste your days on your own, on your own, getting drunk, getting stoned. I'm sober, still alone. Must I always take a back seat? Must I always be your clown? Did you ever really love me? Were you always coming down? Oh, okay. All right. You can hear the conversation. You can, yeah. You can hear how that feels. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how sad I was for him? Oh! Because <laughs> just imagine that intensity of that relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
Quite well, loads of people are in relationships in their twenties, and they're like, "Oh, old mate won't come out of his bed till twelve because like big night." And but what if he made it up? What if it's bollocks and it's just a song? That's not the whole. That's not the point, is it? Okay. It probably is, <laughs> but you have to remember. But you're just like that's what lyrics do. Like you picture the scenario. Yeah. I doubt it did happen to him, but it might have done. It might have done. He sings quite a lot about this theme. <laughs> if you think about it. Um, well, he said. He said, "Look, he said coming down. This is about the heart after a relationship. Yes. Before you've had a chance to reflect. I hope I'm more considered in my writing now. But everything is much more than black and white when you're twenty. My everything is much more than black and white. That's my point. This whole album yeah, is yeah. that to me because that's what I was trying to say. Now, you'd be like that. Well, gotta be honest with you, mate. If you're stoned all the time, I don't want to know. I've got a job to hold down. I've got bills to pay. Whereas when you're twenty, it's like." <sighs> It's just that angst. It's just that things aren't as clear mm-hmm. as they are. You grow into that. That album is a bit, that line is essential what that album is to me. When things are blurred, things are grey. Wow. Paths are not defined. Like I think you and James need to have a beer. I'd love that. <laughs> James, if you're listening. <laughs> but seriously, that's what that album did to me at that time. And okay. it's probably how he felt when he wrote it. He probably looks back now at 40 and like, Jesus, James. But, um, <laughs> but now, is it the ending this album deserves? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. But this song should still be on the album. I would have finished the album probably with. I would have ended it personally with Love Is Here. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Because I just think that. I would have had coming down on the album for sure. I just don't know if that's the last song because it's so more, it's more stripped back. Doesn't sound, it sounds more raw, doesn't sound as well produced. It seems odd, but I still love it because of those lyrics. Like, because you're like, whoa, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it ain't I, your hurrah though, is it? No, no, it's absolutely not. Which is a shame because I think it needed it. But anyway. Um, what did you think of the secret track? Point was that pointless. You, you can have, when you have a beer with James, you can ask him what the point. Because and this is what I've put. I went uh, not much, not a fan of the last track to be honest. A lot of uh, and the secret track a lot of dead air until some nice humming at the end. Yeah. Prime example of a waste of time of a secret track. However, this would have been taped over. Wait a minute, it's two thousand one. I would have had a CD player there. So you wouldn't have even thought about it. So what did you do in CDs? What what did they do in CDs when they had a secret track? Oh, so basically this song, let's just say this song's three minutes long. Uh-huh. It would look like it's 14. And you'd be like, what? And then it would just be silent. Oh, but the, the so problem with that used to do, do my head like in is what I used to love to do is, you know, you could be able to set your CD to instantly play again. Right. Can't. Because you've got to wait go all for with the... the... James, that's really annoying. So you would have to skip the track or you'd have to wait 10 minutes for it to do that automatic thing. See, that's even more annoying than... I mean, you're, you could tape over it, but if you've got a CD, you're right. You well, even now on Spotify, you know how if you set it to just play again? Yeah. Nah, I've got to wait. Well, this is the thing. Sometimes on Spotify, they split out the secret tracks, and you, so you don't have the dead air between... This has the dead air. This has the yeah, full track. I know. So annoying. James. Uh, should we get into some reviews? Yeah. One out of five, DMC Crimson. Yeah. Any band that uses the lyrics, love is clear, it's crystal clear... As a lyric automatically gets demoted. King Queen Knave, two out of five. Man, the noughties were prime was prime tad sank wank 
Let me try that again. Man, the noughties was prime time sad wank music, wasn't it? Oh. Duke 1951 to at five. Bland is used in a lot of comments, and here it's appropriate. A lot of tracks on their own are, are quite okay, but when you put them together, they're far too similar and repetitive. It begins to grate halfway through. Five out of five from chat. One of the most moving emotional albums I have ever listened to. Um, last one, Howling Tombola, five out of five. An emotional gem. In 2001, this album meant the world. I disagree with the lot that, that put this as Coldplay, Jeff Buckley, or Radiohead's bland rip-off category. You simply haven't lived those days, my dears. Coldplay and Star Sailor come out at the same time. Star Sailor was rated higher in the press than Coldplay. Coldplay became pop and Star Sailor sank somewhere into nowhere. To me, they remain the more credible act of the early noughties. Mm. Outstanding singer, hitting vocals, somehow emo yet striking subtle lyrics great song crafts unforgettable live Rolling Stone in 2001 once rated this with four and a half stars saying tomorrow's classic today and they remain right to this day that's great that it tomorrow's classic today wow yeah it really is so what did you think uh, of a re-listen and what you're going to score it so on a re-listen do you know what it made I can picture myself with my headphones in walking down Christopher Road in Edinburgh, finishing my shift, going back to my little house. Just I can actually put myself in my room trying to write my thesis, trying to write this. I could just feel how I felt then. And it just was as great as it that I thought it. Wow. It really is. It really did has not changed. Um this will always be an album close to my heart and dear to me, and I will always, always, always love it. Nine out of ten. Oh wow. Eight out of ten. Boom! Better than I thought you were going to get. Nah, it. it's a good. You album. could have been on the fence. You're funny sometimes because this could have gone two ways with you. I was like that. He's going to come in here and he's going to love it like I do, or it's going to be like that. Oh, boring. Doesn't nah, build. Doesn't some, do this. No, nah, and look, there's there are some. I think the layout of the album is solid. Uh, it's. The, I'm actually a big fan of James's uh, vocals. Like I think he's a really great singer. Um, there are it does give you a little bit of a roller coaster, and that's where the tracks are just sprinkled through the album to bring you back up. Album's a bit of a fizzer. Like the ending album is to the ending uh, song is a bit of a fizzer. But apart from that, there's some great songs on here. Yeah, amazing. So it's literally like I don't I haven't had the chance to go back in between, but just if you want to remind yourself how good. Star Sailor, obviously you've got this album, but listen to the last one, all this Absolutely. Time. Absolutely fantastic. Is this our favourite album to date then? Eight or nine. Oh, could be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it is. Um, so no pressure then. <clears throat> I'm next, don't I? So James has a new song called Astral Planes, and he has a tour uh, as a solo artist later this year through Europe. His website is James Walsh Music, which is actually a pretty cool website. Um... My choice, my choice, and I'm going back to familiar stomping grounds, uh, which, you know, I talked about it, we've covered this band before, but we've covered one of their earlier albums, and I went through their career, and this album is is one of my favourites from this band, 
and I'm looking forward to talking about it. I want to hear your opinion because I think you very much like me, you're going to knock it out too. Is you're going to absolutely hate this and think it's absolute pap, or you'll go, Actually, I, I want to what I wanted to do is surprise you and go, I really like this. Like, that would be my ultimate goal from this. I feel like I would win if you went, Actually, this is actually a good album. Okay, interested. Okay. The band is Gomez. Oh, back to old school Gomez, and the album is How We Operate. Okay. Have you ever listened to it before? I can't be honest with you. I have, but I don't remember. Okay, That's, I'll take so it. So I'm actually relatively slate. excited by this because I'm going in unknown. Usually, when you give me one and I know I don't like it, I'm like, oh, don't try. I'm not going to convince myself that I like it. I like. This I one. can't tell you if I like this or not. So that's actually quite good, and, and I won't tell you. A week. <laughs> Your radio and silence. And it'll kill you like yeah. it killed me this week. <laughs> um, oh, right. that's good. I'm looking forward to that. Is it? So just is it is? Is it similar to Bring It On, or is it a very different sound? Different sound. Okay. Different sound. What about Liquid Skin? Better than that? Oh, much better. Okay. For me, there's a lull um, uh, after the original. What was the first Gomez album called? Bring It On. Bring It On. So there's a lull for me, and then this brings me back into that band. Okay, good. So I was like, wow, that's a fun And what album is this number uh, of theirs? So it's like quite far on. Four or five. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, it's far in their career. Um, but it's a, it's a... I'll say no more. Let's just see how we go. And then we've got Listener Pick, which is already uh, locked in, which is a huge album. So I can't wait for us to, to get to that. Awesome. And we've got a challenge as well. So <laughs> let's see how we go with that. Uh, as usual, Facebook and Twitter, we're Britpop Bantar. Uh, email us, tweet us, send us anything to us at Dropbox. Otherwise, we will see you next week with Gomez. Anything else, Liz? No, thanks. You do need to lie down after. That was very emotional for you. Did you see that coming? Did you think? I mean, with Laura Marlin and Star Sailor. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe the bar's open. It's uh, 14 minutes till midday. I could have a quick 10-minute lie down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. See you later, everyone. Bye. You don't mind, we not fight. See your close woman in the night. I'm sober, still alive. Waste your days on your own. Getting drunk, getting stoned, I'm sober, still alone. Must I always take a back seat? Must I always be your cloud? you ever really love me were you always coming down see your face see your eyes shouldn't have left shouldn't 
Must I always take a back seat? Must I always? 